at a hundred feet where I swore for the first time. I was walking with a friend along Ridgewood Avenue in Ames, Iowa. I was probably in junior high. Now, I don't remember what we were talking about, but my friend's reaction to my swearing encouraged me to do it more often. Fast forward a couple of years, one of my friends in high school, her nickname for me was Potty Mouth, so something that, you know, changed. Or, uh, obviously, the swearing had become more of a habit. Now, I tried to kick it a couple times, knowing that it was not a good thing. It's not always easy getting rid of a bad habit. Fast forward again to my freshman year of college at Iowa State University. I know I've told my conversion story and vocation story many times in my homilies. So to make a long story short, a friend invited me to the Salt Company, a fundamentalist Christian campus organization. Under positive peer pressure, February of my freshman year of college, I started reading the Bible every day. A lot of things changed, but one of them was basically quitting swearing right on the spot, or basically overnight. A habit that I've been trying to kick on my own for years, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I was able to kick overnight. Hope has been a common theme, I feel, in my homilies lately. But again, I feel like this is the message the Lord wants to give to us today. That with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can have hope. That we can be better persons today than we were yesterday. Better today as a person, as a nation, as a worldwide human race. Chronologically, the Gospel happens before the first reading. So today we'll start with the Gospel. When we join our Gospel reading today, it's Easter Sunday. Peter and John have seen the empty tomb, but none of the apostles have seen the risen Lord yet. John records that they have locked themselves into a room because they were afraid of what the Jews would do to them after what they had seen the Jews do to Jesus. They were not sure what to do next. In the midst of their fear, Jesus physically stands in their midst. Jesus' physical risen body is no longer bound by the laws of physics. In the 40 days from the time of the resurrection to the time of the ascension, Jesus is able to walk through walls and doors. He's able to basically teleport. He's able to reappear, disappear, and instantly reappear in another distant place. In the midst of their fear beyond, behind locked doors, Jesus appears to them and says, Peace be with you. Jesus repeats it a second time. Then he tells them that just as the Father has sent him, so he is sending them. And what is Jesus sending them to do? The Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, Go and baptize all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Here Jesus breathes on them and they receive the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive sins. This gift has been passed on from the apostles to every bishop for the past 2,000 years. Bishops then delegate that power to their priests so they can forgive sins in the sacrament of reconciliation. When we meet up with the apostles again in the first reading from Acts chapter 2, 50 days after the resurrection, they are still not fulfilling the Great Commission. They are still huddled together, not sure what to do next. 
The risen Jesus has ascended back into heaven. They are not sure what to do next, so they gather, just as Jesus told them to do. This Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, tongues of fire comes to rest on each one of them. In that moment, they are instantly changed forever. These apostles, these men who have cowered in fear after Jesus' death, these men who were unsure what to do after the resurrection and ascension, these are the same men who in an instant become driven with the singular focus to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the world. The Holy Spirit descends upon them and their whole lives change in an instant. They are no longer fearful and timid. And instead, with the help of the Holy Spirit, they become bold and courageous. They are so bold, they come out of their gathering space and begin preaching. The Holy Spirit becomes a universal translator, translating what the disciples are saying, so that people from every part of the globe can understand what the disciples are saying about the good news of Jesus Christ. Namely, that Jesus came, died for the forgiveness of our sins, and rose to give us eternal life. Why? Because He loves us more than we can imagine and hope for. Those of us who have been baptized and confirmed have received the same Holy Spirit. But maybe the flame of the Holy Spirit has grown dim in your heart. Maybe it's like a pilot light in a furnace or a campfire that has dwindled to a small flame. Maybe this is what has happened to the Holy Spirit in your heart. You have not let Jesus' breath into your heart in a long time to fan the flame. If you do, Jesus will change your little flame in your heart into a raging bonfire. It is not like the disciples 2,000 years ago got, I don't know, the, the great Holy Spirit version and we get like a miniature Holy Spirit. No, we receive the same Holy Spirit. It's not as... Uh, if we were, are not in the streets proclaiming Jesus Christ the top of our lungs, that is not on God, that is on us. If we really want to be better today than we were yesterday, we need to allow God to fan the flame of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. As we have seen in the past couple weeks, there are some deeply unhappy people in our world. Maybe you are even one of them. Hope is here. Jesus Christ loves us and wants to open our hearts to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive love and hope beyond all telling. We all have a role to play in healing each other's wounds. As St. Paul talks about in the second reading, we are all one body in Christ. We all have different talents and gifts to share and benefit the body of Christ. We all have different ways to share the Holy Spirit with one another. In the winter of 1995, during my freshman year of college, the Holy Spirit radically changed my swearing habit. If we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, we too can radically change. There is hope that we can be better today than we were yesterday. We can be better witnesses and preachers of God's great love, better today than we were yesterday. If we allow God to fan the flame of the Holy Spirit in our hearts into a raging fire, there is no limit to the amount of love and hope God can give to the people in this world through us.